Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is a very interesting week. We have two featured movies, and then we have a whole bunch of recommendations from Bruce Perky, co-host Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes. If you are watching our YouTube, by the way, our YouTube show, our the video version of our podcast is featured on the Deepest Dream channel. So if you, I'll, I'll have a link on the show descriptions. But the cool thing about watching the video version is you get to see all of the really fun monikers that Bruce and Eric and sometimes I come up with this week Eric Holmes is is called Lord Eric's E R I capital X Eric Holmes what is that I went through a lot of oh does this have something to do with Billy Wilder Eric Holmes it may have something to do with him. It's very possible. Well, well, I guess we'll just have to go on and see for ourselves. <laughs> okay, that is actually, you know, what's funny is Eric Holmes is actually trying to do an impression of one of the characters we're, we're, we're going to spotlight this week. And <laughs> he wasn't actually doing an impression. That's Eric Holmes's real voice. Moving on, we have we have. We have Irma de Bruce or Ima de Bruce. Ima, oh, it's Ima de Bruce. Very good. That is that, that is okay. That is a reference to what Bruce Perky. What do you do? You want to actually say what it's a reference to, or you're just what? Gonna... I, I am. I'm a de Bruce. I'm a de, I am Bruce. de Bruce. I'm a de Bruce. Well, here's Why the thing. This, it's IMDb. I am a de Bruce. I'm a de Bruce. Bruce Perky. I'm a de Bruce. Bruce. Uh, Bruce on IMDb. But actually, I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag and. One of the movies we'll be spotlighting is on Bruce Perky's segment for What's in the Box. It is Irma LaDuce, directed by the late and great Billy Wilder. And we're, and Eric Holmes will be talking also about Irma LaDuce because he's seen it and he maybe he might do the voice of Lord Eric's E-R-I-X during the review of that film of as he's making some, oh, oh my, you know, again, if you look at if you look at the, our YouTube folks, Eric Holmes is making a very ooh very scary face, and again, that is his normal face, folks. Oh, oh, there he goes. Um, nightmares, Bruce. Nightmares, Bruce. Also, there's going to be a whole bunch of movies. Eric and first, Bruce, have you seen? Did you see just a lot of movies the last week? I I thought you're busy. What what's going on? How many? Saw, did you see? I saw. I have. I'd have to go through all of them. I saw eight or nine. Eight or nine. And this is a guy who has a full time job and a family. How? What is the key to actually watching eight or nine films when you have a full-time job and you have two kids and you're a family man? What, what, what is there? How do you schedule it in? That's all I'm going to say. Neglect. Lots of neglect. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a cheat code. Again, yes, he's, he's cheating. He's cheating by cheating the time of quality, family quality time with cinema. I, 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 I actually endorse that. Eric Holmes, how many movies did you top? Bruce Perky's thing. How many movies did you see this week? Did you know, like five, uh, six? Yeah, probably about that. Maybe. Oh, I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, okay, I well, always watch. I always watch movies early on in the week, and I don't write them down, so I forget about them. But right. they're usually movies I've seen before, so it doesn't really matter too much. Are Are you exactly as neglectful emotionally and spiritually as Bruce Perky with his familia? Do you neglect your friends and family by watching way too many movies per week? No. To find your film and for your own addiction. Well, so so there's there's certain movies that I watch for the podcast, and then there's other movies like uh, someone also like someone will be downstairs watching something, and I'll just kind of wander in, it's like, oh, wait, wait, what's this? And then that, that that's another thing. Can't talk about the movie because one, I didn't see the whole thing, and two, I don't even know what it's called because I walked in halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you you know, and and also our buddy Anderson Cowan, I just realized 
on our sister show, Cinematics, he was saying that there are times when he'll just watch a movie and absolutely boost. To, to this point, he'll, he'll, he'll be 20 minutes into a movie and absolutely just give up on it. Do you guys ever do that? Because he does that once a week. Do you guys ever give give up on movies after 20 or 25 minutes? Anderson does that. And I, I thought that was a very interesting thing because if you give up on a movie 20 minutes in and you do it weekly, that's about an 80, 80 to 90 minute movie that you're actually watching. All yeah. different stories. Yeah. Have you guys ever done that? Do you guys ever do that? Or do you follow it through and watch the entire movie no matter how bad it is? Not in theaters. I mean, sure. around home, I do it all the time. You know, to, you, 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 I'll, I'll put on something that's like, and eh, not quite what I would, you know, what I was thinking it was, and then just move on to the next thing. Uh, in the movie oh. theater, I did it once, and it was for a Nicolas Cage movie. What was that? That one where he's the the pilot. It was a. It was one of those Christian movies. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh right. What is that? Yes, the yes. last something. I, I can't remember. I'll look it up. Um, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Left behind. Is that yeah. it? Is that, yeah. 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 Left, left behind. behind. Oh, so I left it behind. Yeah, you so I went, I went to the movie theater. I just saw a poster before COVID. What I would do is I'd go to the movie theater around noon and then just kind of plot out, you know, because you got all the times kind of plot out. Okay, this one starts at noon. It's an hour and a half. By the time this one gets over, I'll have like 15 minutes before that one starts. So I kind of plot out the, the, the day. Usually watch like three movies in a day at a movie theater. And I saw Left Behind there. And I'm a Nicolas Cage fan. I was pretty surprised that I didn't know what that was. And so I'm like, well, that's the first one I'm going to watch. And <laughs> I bought the ticket and I'm watching it and I get like about 15 minutes into it until I realize, oh, this is one of those Christian propaganda movies. And I, I tried to stick it out. I, I couldn't do it. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I got to. And I just walked out. And that was the one and only time I've done it. Wow. I think there's a rift in the show right now. I'm Catholic yeah. and Left Behind might be my favorite movie of all time. I don't know what to, <laughs> how, to, how to survive from there. Bruce, are you gonna? I, I, I'm quitting. I, you, can you be? Can you be me and you for the rest of the podcast? Because I, you oh. left behind what? <laughs> no, I could fill your shoes, Craig. <laughs> okay, as he laughs heartily. So, do you do that too, too Bruce? Do you sure. Sometimes? Oh, oh. the same thing online. Uh, I one I can think of recently is I did see a piece of a woman, but I didn't see the pieces of a woman. So. <laughs> Okay, Bruce Perky throwing some punny, punny stuff there. By the way, he loves Shudder and he loves horror films. And look, that's that's a perfect moniker to actually throw in the puns. Piece. Oh, so Pieces of a Woman wasn't a or wasn't a good movie. Would you? Was I, it, I, I, was I just fell off of it. I just was like, I got about twenty five. I got through the opening sequence, which is the harrowing opening sequence everyone talks about, and I was just like, eh, I'm out. And then, well, there's also like, I'm, um, I was wondering if you guys did this, you'll watch a movie, you know, put a movie on and it's late and it's like, wow, you obviously stop it and usually get back. I was like, I'll get back to it tomorrow. And then a week goes by and then two weeks go by and then uh, a couple of years go by and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I've seen the first 20 minutes of that movie, but I should probably get back to it. Well, there I've is done a- it. I've gone back to movies like months later and finished it before. That's so funny. Do you remember one that you've out of the top of your head, Bruce? That you actually recall? the the Headhunter was one that I had started, and then Eric talked about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I started that movie, and I never watched it all." And I went back and watched <laughs> it. And I was very happy. So that's a perfect example. It was like that was at least six months that I had started it, and forgotten about it. I think Napoleon Dynamite was one of them where. 
because uh, I, I would work the overnight shift and I get off and everyone's telling me how great Napoleon Dynamite is. And I'm still trying to figure that one out. But anyway, I, <laughs> I watch like the, the first 20 minutes and I pass out because it's, it's right after I get, get off work. And then uh, I go to wake up, go to work, come back and then start from the beginning. I want to start from the beginning and watch the whole thing. After about four days of that, I'm like, I'm just starting where I left off. And it took me from then, it took me about a week to finish it. That it's amazing. Not not a fan, but uh that that first 15 minutes I know quite well because I watched it like four or five times. Wow. You know, there's a movie on that theme, there's a movie that we're gonna we're going to be covering that I most likely I'm gonna go back and finish, but I'm going to finish it begrudgingly because I am completely mixed on this movie, and we're gonna be talking about said movie in this podcast a little bit of a teaser a couple more teasers that we have for us for you guys is there's a movie there's a documentary we covered last week it's a quote-unquote a neo-noir documentary called the penny black it's directed by william j saunders william j saunders was cool enough to actually hit us up i think eric holmes and bruce i think i'm an old man i think i think the term is dm he dm'd us on our find your film instagram and he actually, well, Eric, you you, you know what? It's, does that, am I right? DM means direct message. Am I correct? Well, I, was, I was just going to hop in and say, uh, great. Why don't you tell the listeners how they can slide into your DMs? Yes. I don't want, you know, listeners, I'm going to tell you something. We, we talk about horror shows with Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes at the helm with a, with Jallo and all these wonderful movies they introduce. I, if you want a real horror show, definitely slide into my DMs because that'll, that'll be a nightmare you don't want. Don't ever DM me, folks, because uh, I, I'm, not, I'm, 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 a, I'm a nightmare of a human being. I, I talk good movie, that, but that's, other than that, I'm horrible. Eric Holmes, what a horrible suggestion on your part. How dare you? But you know what's cool? The Penny Black director, William J. Saunders, will be join, joining us for the first segment of Find Your Film next week. If you have not seen The Penny Black yet, we will actually have the link in our show notes. It is definitely, I think it's really worth a watch. Bruce Perky, what do you say? Eric, endorse? Yes, yes. And endorse, I'm, I'm, at, yes. I, I'm also looking forward to uh, talking with them because uh, I, I don't know if we can put it to bed or not, but I would like to put it to bed on whether this was actually a documentary or, or not. And maybe mm-hmm. we will, maybe we won't. Maybe he'll, as you mentioned off air, maybe he'll, uh, you know, hold those cards close to his vest. Yeah. Bruce, are you going to grill him? Guess it. Guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Bruce, are you going to grill him? What are you going to do? Because you're, you're the guy, you're, you're the enforcer. Are you going to throw some? I'll butter him up and then. <laughs> and then I'll slide into his DMs. Ah, no, cut that, cut that. <laughs> okay, William J. Saunders has now left the chat. Hopefully, he'll still be here. Thank you, Mr. Saunders. We, we all love your documentary. Come to our show next weekend. And most important, next week, and most important listeners, check out The Penny Black. Tell us what you think of this movie. Our final little plug before we, we get into our main movies. By the way, our main movies this week is this Netflix film called Skater Girl, which... I probably was in a previous life. And the other movie is called Censor. We'll get to that shortly. But Bruce Perky, can you tell our listeners what to expect? I guess within several days, this weekend, what are we going to do as part of our Find Your Film special? We will do a director's spotlight on Peter Strickland, British director. He's been making movies for, I guess, about 10 years or so. Uh, His two most recent movies, which are The Duke of Burgundy, and in fabric okay so that'll be our that'll be our director spotlight we haven't done one in a spell just because of scheduling stuff but i'm really excited i have i'm going to 
I'm cramming. I'll probably see him Thursday or Friday night. Eric Holmes, what you saw these? Did you see both these movies? What a couple of weeks ago, or are you cramming too? We'll watch them tonight and tomorrow. Uh, oh, very. That's uh, not cramming. And and Bruce, you 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 didn't rewatch them, did you? Because you've you've seen them a couple times already. You're okay. I haven't yet. I will probably watch at least one of them. I'll at least watch the Duke of Burgundy again because I haven't seen that for about a year. In Fabric, I watched in the, the last two months. I may or may not go back to it again, but I might. Even if you don't get back, go back to it again. What the thing about In Fabric is it it leaves there's some images that are indelible, right? That's one of the things that it's it's, it's a memorable movie as far as you're, yes. you're concerned. Yeah, it's very stylishly odd and narratively very odd. And remember, um, oh, I get her name right. She was in um, Dumb, oh, San- Dumb Santa, Baptiste. Oh, um, oh yeah, I know, Marianne Jean-Baptiste. Yes, she- Dumb is- Santa, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, go, keep on going, I'll, I'll let you pass. Grumpy, you- Grumpy Rambo, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, By the way, that was, I, I remember this. This was, do you remember this, Eric Holmes? Bruce Perky oh. announced that, I think it was called Fat Santa. Is that the movie? That's a movie, Fat Santa, right? Right, Fat Eric? Man. I, Fat, Fat Man. <laughs> so Fat you don't Santa. even know what it was called. Oh <laughs> I'm Fat sorry. Fat Man and Rubbin. Okay, okay, okay. I actually love this movie, and I can't believe I butchered the name. Bruce Perky is having a bad influence on me. Bruce Perky said Fat Man is the worst movie from last year. Can you, believe, can you believe that? Can you believe that, Eric Holmes? No, no, you can't believe it. Anyways. I'm not outing you because I'm sure some people felt that way. I loved it. Eric Holmes, did you like it? You enjoyed it? You enjoyed it, right? You yeah. Enjoyed it? yeah. Okay. okay. I watched it, I've actually watched it a couple of times since uh, since we reviewed it. Here we go. And and I can guarantee you that Bruce is not. But Mar- the actress is Marion Jean-Baptiste. And she's she's great in this, right? In, in Fabric? Yes, she's as- great in In Fabric. She has a much more central role in In Fabric. And I think you will be very happy to see her along with... Well, I don't know if you'll be happy to see the movie, but you'll be happy to see her in it. She's really good. Well, she's so. always good. You know, in, in fairness, all just aside, she's always good in whatever I've seen her. I'm sure everyone co-sides on this. So that is, we will, we will be doing that director spotlight and we'll have it up for you guys maybe later this weekend at the latest early next week on a Monday. Okay, so our first movie that we're covering for our, ma- our featured review film release date is June 11th, comes out on Netflix. I was so excited about this because I know... Deep down in their heart, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. Bruce Perky may, might be punk rock at heart. Eric Holmes, are you punk rock at heart? Heavy metal at heart? Or are you just rock at heart? What do you wait? I like music. <laughs> he loves he loves music. Maybe I was thinking maybe deep down inside, maybe both of them in another life might have been a skater girl. Skater Girl is the first movie we're covering. It debuts again June 11th on Netflix. It's considered a quote unquote coming of age story of this young girl, young teen. Her name is Perna played by Rachel Sanchita Gupta. It's her first performance, and she's fantastic in this. She's just very natural. It's like neorealism. They just took this person out of just her element, and they actually put her as the star of this movie. She's very natural in this movie. In my opinion, she's the strongest part of this film. And it, the movie is set in a remote village in Rajasthan, India. And Prerna, she grows up in a household, and she has she has big dreams for her life. The only problem is she can't go to school because her family, they're... They're just trying to make ends meet. Her father wants her to, to get married and she doesn't even have the, the right clothes to go to school. What happens is when an advertising executive named Jessica from just arrives out of the blue, played by Amy Magera, she arrives into this village in, in India, in Rajasthan, 
and she actually ingratiates herself with the people in the village. And what happens is, it's not giving too much away because the movie's called Skater Girl. Jessica comes up with this idea with, along with a buddy of hers who she, I, I, I like to call the buddy, it says, quote unquote, her old friend. I, I like to call this guy played by Jonathan Redwin. I'm just going to call him friend zone because he's just a nice, harmless <laughs> guy. He's me. I don't, I, that's not a pejorative. I'm a friend zone kind of guy. I don't mind being friend zone. I'm 50. I'm, I'm okay. But these two, these two people who basically, this Indian village is, is, is foreign to them. They decide to actually, and this is Jessica's idea, is to build a skate park, skate park right outside the village because what happens is they ultimately gift a lot of these youths who live in the village skateboards. And that is Skater Girl. And then this is what happens. A lot of the movie deals with Perna's coming coming of age as far as growing up and learning her love for skateboarding, but then also trying to balance that out and trying to become to be a good doc, good daughter. Unfortunately, her father is a total dick. That's not giving too much away. He's a total a-hole. And then that's it. That's the, that's a whole premise of Skater Girl. Let's start with you, Eric Holmes. Your thoughts on Skater Girl. I'm sure you had a lot of feelings, emotions, opinions about this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, this movie is uh, completely saccharine. It, it, it doesn't really get dark at all. And it's kind of, uh, oh, gee, gosh, you know, kind of one of those type of movies. The movie I watched before this, which we'll get into later, I was kind of totally down for that mood <laughs> so uh th- this kind of worked for me and i i also liked a lot of what it kind of some of the stuff the movie says about trying things like so there's a part where they uh uh the guy comes in and they got the, they have a name for their homemade skateboard it was like a a, a cart truck or something the, the, they had a different name for it they didn't call it a skateboard but then uh the one guy comes out and he's got like a skateboard and they're like oh cool what's that and then he starts doing a bunch of tricks and they're like wow that's cool and he's like you try and it's like well i can't do that and you know that she gets on it slips falls and it's like i can't do it and uh they they kind of push the idea of you don't have to you know you don't have to be like me you know you don't have to be as good you might you might get there one day you know but the but the idea is uh have fun with it and then make it your own even to the point when they had the skate competition there wasn't there was a little emphasis on the uh tricks that they were doing but most of the emphasis on the skate competition was the uh the passion and the style they use which right. um and not being that I've never been that great of a skater to begin with. So I don't know what that would entail, but I like the idea that it kind of, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it, it, it's kind of pushes the idea of do your own thing. You know, you, you, you'll get better, you know, your technique will get better, but make it your own, find your own voice in whatever it is. In this case, skateboarding. And I, I, I dug that a lot. And I also kind of, you know, I got a little missy eyed at then. And, uh, you know, the, the, this movie played me like a fiddle and I knew it was doing it, but I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, just, okay, do it. Bring <laughs> all the stupid emotions. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I would, I would recommend this. I, I would also say that there's certain people that don't like movies where, you know, that kind of push your buttons as obvious as this one mm-hmm. does, but I was just totally in the mood for it. So I just let that go. If you're not that, if you don't like those type of movies, stay far away from this. But like, if you get, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you just got done watching, uh, I don't know, maybe you just got done watching a racer head and you're like, I need to come <laughs> back down. <laughs> like, the, 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 this is a movie you watch after you watch a movie that just fucking tripped you out and you need to come down. This is like a perfect <laughs> movie for that sort of thing. 
again, I, I would recommend this movie as well. Going back to the performance of Rachel Sanchita Gupta debut performance. She is so winning in this movie. I would recommend to people who really want to see a feel good movie that has something to say about following your dreams and getting up when you fall and fail, all that stuff. Some really good stuff. And I did get a little bit misty-eyed, but I'm going to go to Bruce Perky right now. Bruce, I'm going to go to you because I have a huge caveat regarding my recommendation with Skater Girl that actually pretty much frustrates me. I still recommend this movie, but there's something that I actually want to nitpick about this movie. But Bruce would want to hear your thoughts on Skater Girl. Yeah, I'm in line with a lot of what you guys said. I am definitely agree that uh, Rachel, who plays Prerna, I think I got her name right. She's amazing. She's really photogenic. She's really, she has an amazing charisma and you definitely immediately want to follow her and follow what she's going on. I think that the way they present the the life in the village, it's really rich. It's really full. You get a really good feel of life there. And I really like the idea of the message that Eric is talking about. My big gripe, other than it's really saccharine, which may, if that's not your vibe, this is definitely not going to be your thing. It's almost, almost more of a, almost like a Disney teen kind of level of kind of movie, I guess, as far as that goes. The thing that really bothered me is how we get to the message. And the way we get to the message is kind of the real like trope of the kind of the the white savior. You know, I would have loved to have followed Prerna in her world, finding her way to the realization she gets at the end of this movie. And it wouldn't have to be done by having a white guy and a westernized Indian woman come in and buy them all skateboards and say, whoa, be yourselves. We're going to save you from your life, which is kind of the way it comes down in this movie. And it's like, they even want to pat themselves on the back and say, look, during the production of this, we made the biggest, the only skate park in the, in the area. And it's like, okay, that's nice. But I mean, is that what they need? A skate park? I mean, maybe one kid needs a skate park. I don't know. It just seemed really, um, it seemed like a lot of it was kind of that Western point point of view of going in like, hey, we know what your problem is. We're going to give you the way out. Hey, hey, thumbs up. Again, Bruce, you're really offending me because we get back (laughs) to me being a Catholic and then this whole thing about Left Behind being my number one movie. My number one genre film actually isn't mystery thrillers or Westerns. Here's, here's a twist. My number one genre is white savior films. I only oh, like That's white good. savior <laughs> films. And how dare you, Bruce, to compare this? Because no problems on my on my end with the white savior or western. No, westernized savior. Let's get that correct. Because Jessica is half Indian. Yeah. We're not going to talk about her connection to Rajasthan as well. I'm totally kidding on that. I see your point, Bruce. And I was thinking the same thing. Eric Holmes, were you thinking the same thing? Did you have a gripe with that? Or it's like one of these, okay. No, no, I I didn't even consider that at all. But I mean, now that Bruce brings it up, it's it's absolutely there. I just saw it as uh, two cultures kind of trying to, uh, similar to White Tiger. There was bits of... And the, the main guy's culture that the uh, westernized girl was privy to. And she's like, no, we're not we're not doing that. It's like, but you're a woman. This is how you are treated around. It's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you don't treat me <laughs> yeah. like that. So I, I just saw this as uh, saw it as two cultures meeting and coming together and, and making something great out of it. You know, and granted, and the, you know, they probably need more than the skate park there, but at the same time, at least as it's presented in the movie, I think what they needed was people's minds being open to 
certain ideas. And yeah. I think that I think the skateboard did bring that into the fact that the uh, <clears throat> was it the queen of the village, the yeah. the woman that actually funded the whole thing. She kind of she kind of saw that, you know, her her character saw that and was like, yeah, there's, uh, you know, this would be good for the for the community. And, well, you know, so I, I, I mentioning the white savior thing, I see it now but I didn't pick up on it while I was watching it. I, I, I just saw it as something, yeah. something different. Let me, let me tell you the different version of the same story, still just a saccharine, but what yeah. I, to me would work better would be you have Prerna, you follow her, you're really centered on her, which you are pretty much in this movie, but even more so. Like that's only about White Tiger. You're really in his world. He's narrating yeah. it and everything. You know his point of view. And it's also, he's really richly complex, but you're, you're right here centered with her and she on her own, I mean, they have, she gets access to the internet or whatever. She becomes fascinated with skate culture. She makes her own skateboards. She inspires yeah. the other kids to kind of start this thing. And they kind of become rebellious within their own world. And she finds her own like strength through yeah. that, as opposed to someone else's buying them skateboards and building them a skate park and saying instant yeah. freedom <laughs> yeah. having that character have a little <clears throat> bit more agency i i get that bruce, uh, listeners whether you agree with bruce or eric i mean there's different ways to look at this whole thing but at the bruce at the bottom line bottom line you do recommend this movie just based on a base level of yeah I, I would recommend it for a younger crowd especially um or if you really like those kind of feel good almost like disney level like a little bit saccharine kind of movies it's it's not good it's harmless i say that way as long as you're aware of that's this kind of <laughs> tilt yeah. i would recommend it mildly to those people for me it's not really my cup of the cup of tea, you know okay but at least you got a slight recommend from bruce yeah recommend recommend from from eric oh I, 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 actually slight recommend? My, my, my recommendation would be exactly the same as bruce's okay slight yeah. recommend. um it's just i i liked it more i, I took liked it more, more than okay. bruce did so recommend for- but same thing if you're not in the saccharine stay the fuck away from this because you will not like it <laughs> um but if, if you do like feel-good movies this is a great feel-good yeah. movie yeah, and definitely check it out this is a really cool feel-good movie i recommend this to people who really want something a boost of feel-goodness in their lives but Going to main gripes, I, I see you, Bruce Perky, on your gripe. I'm going to throw in my major gripe. I wanted exactly like what Eric was saying regarding the White Tiger, You ha- or in, and Bruce was saying, Pirna, just, it, just follow her story. Just fo- Her story is interesting enough. And then, and then make it claustrophobic where you see everything through her eyes. That's my, my number one thing. My number two thing is when they drop in that jessica that advertising executive who has a tie she's she's half indian she has a tie to the village she's based in she was raised in london played by amy magara nothing wrong with her performance she's fine i was fine with her subplot it, it felt extraneous because you're so invested in in Prina and you're going whoa this here's another story that just drops in out of the freaking clouds why do they need this that said i was fine with the story ultimately i thought it should have been really focused on Prerna over Jessica and maybe make Jessica even less is incidental. But what happened is the filmmakers, they spend so much time on Jessica's story as a subplot that at the end of the movie, they bury her subplot. She becomes the, the ending of the movie. The third act becomes a race against time regarding the skating competition. And this extraneous plot, I actually, at the end of the movie, I wanted sort of a 
a little bit more explanation regarding Jessica's own relationship to the village and how it affected her because then they suddenly just throw this extraneous subplot out the window. So I, I don't like, think they trusted a Western audience to not have these these avatars for them. I don't think they trusted the Western audience to just follow Prerna. Right, exactly, exactly. But again, that said, I wish they ended up some... And there's there's a... There's a throwaway line that the queen has regarding her her conversation with Jessica, and we're not going to get into it because Jessica is the one who's pitching the skate park, like Eric was saying. She's pitching the skate park idea to the queen of the village, and the queen makes an offhanded remark that you're going, what? And that's not even followed up. That's not even followed. And I'm, the, the, getting, I, I don't remember the remark. Well, the remark was saying about the queen was tell, saying, oh, one of these days you're going to hear my story on, on the village. Oh, she was, just, she was just doing her homage of Miss, of that mustache guy from that we'll talk about later. Oh, mustache, oh no, mustache, no. Mustache. That, that, I, I, I do remember the line now. And it reminded me of uh, I'm wearing my Star Wars shirt. So this is perfect. The first JJ Star Wars, oh, yeah. uh, The Force Awakens. Where it's like, oh, but that's a story for another time. Two <laughs> movies later, and they never touch on it. <laughs> but that's a story. Well, we're going to talk about another story for another another time with Mr. Mustache or Mustache. The, 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 real quick, though. The, so the, the gripe you have, Greg, and the gripe Bruce has, you're both absolutely right. I just said that like none of that even occurred to me while I was watching it. No, but but, but, I, but you're both you're both absolutely right in in your takes on that. Yeah, you know we have a whole bunch of gripe. We have a couple of gripes for Skater Girl. Ultimately, there's a recommendation from all three of us. And again, if you are of the ilk who really wants a movie that'll make you feel good and you you like these type of films, go with Skater Girl and also lead with the performance of Rachel Sanchita Gupta. Fantastic in the movie, June 11th on Netflix. Now, Bruce and Eric, they've been alluding to a a second movie. Actually, I think Eric has been really alluding to this second film. It's a movie called Censor. And yeah, the movie Censor, here's the thing. I thought it was going to be on demand. I did a little bit. It's not a boo-boo. It's on demand June 18th, but it's in theaters on June 11th. I don't even know where to start. It centers on a film editor and her name is Enid. She's actually very strict and she's very, I, I guess, fastidious. She's a she's very diligent on what to censor. She looks at horror films, I guess, from the ninth, maybe guys i'm thinking maybe the 1980s when there was vhs was really you know maybe at the latest early 90s but i'm thinking this is like a 1980s set film where she's going through vhs tapes with her colleagues censoring really graphic scenes of understandably rape and dismemberment and everything that's her job the only problem with enid by the way enid is played by niam algar n-i-a-m-h algar you might have seen her recently in the Jason Statham film, Guy Ritchie directed film, Wrath of Man. She's very memorable in that as well. She's good in that, but she's more memorable in this as the editor Enid. What happens is Enid as an editor, she's so focused on her work. She loves it so much that she blurs cinema with reality, something all three of us here at Find Your Film are want to do as well. But the thing is, Enid has a family tragedy regarding her I believe her younger sister, or basically her sister, her sister might have disappeared. She might have died. We don't, there's a lot of, she's blurring her reality and the tragedy regarding her sibling, along with the movies that she's currently editing. That is the premise of Censor. What happens when when cinema and reality and tragedy merge into one cohesive whole? You get the, the plot line 
behind censor. Eric Holmes, this movie is directed by Prano Bailey Bond, and Prano also co-wrote that, co-wrote this film with Anthony Fletcher. Did this movie grab you, Eric Holmes, or did were you cold on the ultimate execution of censor? Uh, certain aspects of it did. This is, so first of all, I hated the main character, and not because it was poorly written, not because the, the acting actor was bad but because of who her character was she's uh indignant she i have a pass and that makes it okay for me to decide what you get to uh do which um you know which is essentially what censorship is you know it's 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 a very condescending uh job to do you know what i'd I'd say more but honestly greg and bruce i don't think you two are ready to hear this (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna make that choice for you because I've had a past and I need to project myself onto you to make like, so right, right away. I'm like, I hate this character. And then bad things started happening to the character. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> More bad things are happening to the characters. I'm like, I just, uh, look, there's, there's worse things to be in the world than a censor. Maybe. I mean, being a censor is pretty bad. Yeah. I, I, I could not get behind the character at all. So when all the bad stuff happened, I kind of didn't care. Uh, and I, I, I was kind of like, uh, well, you know, that's, that's what you get, mm-hmm. you know, um, this must be a so, tough movie for you to watch because it's really, we're talking about being locked in. This movie is yeah. really locked in on our character. Yeah. This is just pretty much, it's almost, it almost feels like a one, one person play or experience because yeah. of what she's going through. Yeah. One of the, one of the things I guess I wish they would have leaned into, they, they did lean into this a little bit, but I wish they would have leaned into it more to where she gets to really uh, be on the other end of censorship and have that biter in the ass. Like, like uh, it, you have someone says, uh, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing to limit free speech. As soon as someone says that, as soon as they talk, stop talking. No, but uh, stop talking. You say one more word, I will take you to jail. And then and then uh, anyone else uh, that hears overhears, I will also take to jail because they cannot, we cannot hear, have what you just said out loud spread. But I was just stop talking because that that's the you're limiting free so it, it would have been neat to see her doing the censorship and then just come right back around on her because look censorship's great when you're the one controlling the speech but you know what what happens when that turns around on you i, I wish they would lean a little more into that and they they kind of did but uh yeah that would have been uh fun to see i think that is so interesting that is a great read from eric holmes you definitely do not recommend censor right no no i do i do Oh, you do? Uh, what it, it, again what? The, the, this is one of those things where like the <laughs> the the stuff in the i hate movie... you with every fiber of my existence will you marry me yeah. i don't know <laughs> it, it's it, so uh it, it'd be like uh it'd be like watching uh like like downfall for example i i oh, hate okay. i hate the main character in that because okay. it's hitler but the movie's interesting it goes play i kind of wish you know uh, with, with this one i kind of wish it would have went harder on certain things and I hated the character, but I hated the character. And I think that's by design. At okay. least I hope it's by design. If it's okay. not, then. <laughs> okay, my, my bad. So you, you, rec- you like this movie. You recommend, yeah. okay, because of how it made you feel, the execution of the movie. Yeah. Okay. You know, Human Centipede, I don't watch it like, oh, I feel so good. Like, I hate the character. <laughs> I hate what I'm seeing on screen, but it's so effective. And I have you to recommend it. don't watch it as an instructional movie or anything? <laughs> like, like, uh, it, says, it says it's 100% medically accurate. It's the other ones that are inaccurate. So okay. I don't watch those ones. <laughs> All right. I want to learn, damn it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad that you, I really, I ended up really just falling in love with Censor. 
And I'm glad that you recommended it as well, Eric, that's because you felt strongly about the character. Bruce, I wanted to throw it out to you. How did you, do you align with Eric's thoughts regarding sense of what were your own thoughts? There's just so many ways to read this movie. That's what yeah. I think what's interesting about this film. I liked it uh, quite a bit. Um, I think it definitely could have been even stronger, but I did. I think it's very solid and it kind of has stuck with me in certain ways too, which I think is a good sign. I think there's some more depth to be found there. I think to really, if you really dig in what's happening with her. One thing I was really interested about was I like the concept, which is in the 80s, there's this whole thing in Britain called the video nasties. If you're familiar with that, this plays strongly on the idea of video nasties, which was there was a strong movement in England to ban ultraviolet movies. So there was, so the idea is like, okay, well, that process was going on. Who was doing the censorship? And they kind of, I think that kind of maybe been springboard for this movie's concept and then like going into the mind of that person and then adding a whole level of her past and her inability to cope with certain things and what's going on. I think on just a mystery kind of a personality breakdown sort of a movie i think it works really well as just a horror movie it's pretty effective as far as the unlikable character thing i think this is comparable to a character like say in um taxi driver where you have a character who is deluded and also deluded to the point that they think they have almost like um we talked about white savior you know whatever they have kind of this idea that they are going to be a moral retribution for people like they've just they kind of appointed themselves in that point you know spot you know travis bickle does that she does that too in a way good point yeah but most of all and we're not going to talk about what happens but the final well the final about 15 minutes i really liked the final five minutes fucking blew me away the final five minutes there is some shit that goes down in that which is just like Wow. <laughs> it's really good, I thought. And I thought that that alone and some of the style that I see there really gives me, um, I will definitely watch what um, uh, Prano Bailey Bond does next. She she has a really interesting take. And I think there might be a lot of interesting stuff going on here about, also about gender. I think about gender and how we discount what's going on with a person. I don't know if that has to be part of the story, but I think it is part of the story. I think there's well, some stuff going on there. You mentioned something you think, and that's what makes her a very interesting filmmaker because she doesn't spell everything out like a lot of storytellers will do. And, and so, sometimes there's nothing wrong with spelling out a narrative, but this movie actually lets, look, you have several different, reactions to censor when you listener viewer when you watch censor you're going to have your own specific and intense take regarding this movie's execution your own personal read of censor and i think that's, that by keeping a lot of this movie a bit abstract i think it really hits a home run i think on an individual level and i think this could have been a lesser movie if it actually really painted everything in a predictable fashion and it doesn't so there's a lot of layers you can peel regarding censor also, a little bit of a warning, or maybe this is praise, a lot of censor is a slow build. So you're actually, as Eric was saying about his distaste or displeasure or dislike of Enid, the main character played by Neam Algar, you're really locked into her world for pretty much most of the movie. And if you feel so claustrophobic, it does feel like a Roman Polanski type of movie. If you feel so suffocated within her sphere that by the final act, when if you have enough patience or maybe just enough breath to get to those that final act, there is going to be a release where you're just going to get blown away, blown away. And I don't even want to say what it's about, but it will shock. It, it could 
potentially shock you and I, I think probably impress you. So by the end of the film, I was really heavily invested in Censor and I loved it. I loved this movie. I was surprised at how much I loved it. I, I watched St. Maud this week yeah. uh, to, uh, on Bruce's request. And um, I got to say, I'm thinking back on Censor and St. Maud, like those two movies are kind of like, uh, yep. oh, re- oh, remember the part in Censor where the main character was like having the thing with the, wait, yep. oh, wait, no, that was St. Maud. Oh, but remember the part in St. Maud where the, the thing that it then happened was like, oh, wait, no, that. And so when, when you were talking about the end of Censor, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was cool when the, Wait, no, that was the same. <laughs> I had to think for a second what the ending of Censor was. But uh, you want to talk about good double features? Well, <laughs> if you want to just go down a hole of depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think I, I had to pump the brakes on that. But I mean, uh, a fitting, it, it, let's say a fitting double feature. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. But but I mean, even though uh, St. Maud's not specifically about censorship, Maud in St. Maud does have that same kind of arrogance uh, that the main character in Censor does. And and so they kind of they kind of play off each other pretty well in that regard. Cool. Um, go second. ahead. Hold on, Claire. Say goodbye to Tito. <laughs> Claire, say goodbye Tito to Tito Jackson. Is there? Yeah. Fuck. Please, <laughs> please keep that in the show. <laughs> okay, why, why don't you say hi to Bruce? Say hi to Bruce and wait, Claire. Claire, say hi to everybody. Say hi to everybody. Hi, hi Claire. I have a little puzzle. Piece. She, hi, she has a puzzle piece. <laughs> okay, yeah. So she was showing you the puzzle piece here. Show, get in the camera. It's my, my, the my puzzle. This is my, my niece, Claire. I think you can. Can you see it yourself there? We're talking about this movie called Censor. There you are. <laughs> hey, hey, Claire. You should not watch. Yeah. Hey, hey, Claire. What, Claire, what, what, what's your thoughts on censorship? What do you think of that? So you, Eric was saying, what do you think of movies? Do you love movies? Um, yeah, of course. What oh, you censor what I'm saying. He what censored you. you. <laughs> it's low. Yeah. What is, yeah. Can you can hear. You can hear. Can Dude, say, just say, what, tell them what's your favorite movie and then you can go. Uh, say, what's your favorite movie? Uh, what's your favorite movie? Mine's Gremlins. What's yours? What's yours? What's yours? <laughs> what's I, yours? I told you it's Gremlins. Okay. Oh, but what's your movie? What's movie? They love they love different movies. Okay. Oh. Okay, so we gotta go now. Okay. Say say bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. 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 Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Love you. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Lola. Okay. See you. Have a good have a good sorry guys. Okay. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I know you, so, if you yeah, watch, go, thank you. You're going to be the next Andy Kaufman. Can you, can you, uh, can you, sh- okay, she didn't shut the door. That's okay. Greg, never apologize for that. That was freaking <laughs> adorable. If you watch Censor and St. Maud, make sure you have a break with her between them because mm-hmm. that will cleanse the palate of all the cleanse, cleanse that the, you're about to Or have Skater face. Girl. Or Skater oh, Girl. Yeah, skater or Skater Girl. girl. Censor, sure. uh, Censor, Skater Girl, and then end it with St. Maud. Okay, so bottom line is if they they both they would make a good double feature. If I was gonna, would you recommend to the listeners Saint Maud and Censor? Which which should they see first if they're doing a double feature, guys? Honestly, all uh, Bruce would Bruce might have a different thought because you saw Saint Maud before this. I saw Censor, then Saint Maud, but I think Censor started off a lot more clear on what the what the yeah. theme was, and then it kind of the theme kind of fizzled out towards the end where St. Maud wasn't very clear and then it just got stronger. So I think if you start with St. Maud and, and, or start with censor and then end with St. Mm-hmm. Maud, that, that theme will carry over into St. Maud. I think. Wow. Okay, yeah, Bruce. I agree. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so that is censor strong recommend for me and solid recommend from both of you guys. 
Yep. Yes. Yuppers. Okay. So that is Censor again in theaters June 11th, on demand June 18th, and it's being released via Magnet. Have any of you guys seen Wrath of Man yet? The Guy Ritchie film as of yet? Oh, cool. So look, I mean, uh, anything you also you want to say about Nia Malgar? She was really good, right? You liked her? Mm-hmm. The performance? Yeah. She's She has a major role in Wrath of Man, just FYI. All right. So that is our main features. Now we are going to, you guys have some rewinds. We're going to start off with Bruce. You have some quick rewinds you want to mention? Yeah, quick, quick rewinds. If you don't know, uh, Disney Plus now has opened up uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. I think I'm saying the name right. Um, for free, if you have uh, Disney Plus, and it was one of those $30 ones for, I don't know, the last three months or so. And I know you, um, Greg, really loved that movie. Yeah. Um, was I overshooting that? Because I no, I think it. it's okay. really solid. It's really solid. For me, it's not like it's not quite to the level of something like Coco, which I just watched recently. I think Coco has more of an adult complex plot, whereas Raya and the Last Dragon is more of a kind of a video game plot where it's like, we'll go to this land and, ca- and gather something, go to this land and gather something. We'll keep gathering people as we go. But it's totally fun, totally great characters and beautifully animated. It's a super solid family entertainment. In fact, that would be a good palate cleanser too. If you watch one of those movies, <laughs> you, you watch Raya and the Last Dragon and you you won't go wrong. I mean, it's, it's, and one thing I appreciate about it too, it's, it's, a, it's a new story. It's not a, a retelling of a story we've already seen, even though it has elements like dragons, which kind of go, but they, they reimagine it in ways that you haven't seen quite the same before. And it's not, it's like its own world building. So I, I appreciated that aspect of it quite a bit too. And it was just fun to see, just see and hear different actors than you hear a lot of times in these movies. So it was, it was good. It was a good movie. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I really love Ryan the Last Dragon. Eric Holmes, high recommendation. Definitely check it out on Disney Plus. Really, really good. Before we get to Eric, you got one more? You got I one do, more yes. So yes. today, so both of my kids went with their grandpa a week or so ago, whenever Cruella first came out. Mm. And my youngest son really liked Cruella quite a bit. They both liked it, but he liked it quite a bit. So he said, dad, okay, dad, you're going to go see Cruella. I said, okay, I'll go see Cruella. He said, I'm going to pay for your ticket, dad. I'm like, okay, you can pay for my ticket. So today he went back and watched it again and he paid for my ticket and we went to the theater and watched uh, Cruella. You better sport it. Did you sport some money for some popcorn and condiments there, uh, Bruce? Uh, we never get popcorn. Nope. He just paid for me. Okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> That's how I raise them. That's, like, that's uh, okay. Pay, pay your that way, is, kid. No. So, yeah. so anyway, we saw Cruella and I really loved it actually <laughs> i thought it was really good i thought you would not like it at all i'm so <laughs> blown away i really really enjoyed it it's not going to be for everyone obviously but i think that what it does we talked about cheeseburger movies and we've been having a, you know we've given having a laugh at the expense of you know army of the dead and all these kind of movies coming out right lately but to me this does it right it's got its own style it takes a known property but it makes a whole unique story around it the production design and the costuming is if it's not Oscar nominated, I don't know what will will be because it's just insanely good. And this is just, it's just fun. It's just a fun movie. You know what? I, I think it is fun. And I think the people who will not like it are ones who are expecting a steak rather than a cheeseburger. I, yeah. I, th- I think the word for this one, one of the words is breezy. It's a breezy affair, meaning it's, it's light. It's fun. It's a, it's, you get into it, you know, and then you're out. I don't think there's anything really substantial. Well, and what you've got too is, I mean, all these movies live and die on a good villain, right? I mean, how many Marvel movies have we seen with, 
you know, terrible villains and boring. You've got two good characters here, you yes. know, mm-hmm. and with she, Emma Thompson. And, so Emma Thompson, so, thank you. So good. Uh, so good. The as the Baroness, I mean mm-hmm. that amazing. And for a Disney movie, it goes darker than you think it would be. I mean, obviously it's being edgy and quote whatever, but it does go darker. I mean, she is killing people or wants to kill people. It's they don't fool around with it. They don't say like, you know. I'm going to ruin you and take away your career and send you into the streets. No, she said, I'm going to kill you. And I appreciated that from a Disney movie that she was that straightforward. It's like, nope, the stakes are very serious. They're, they're exactly what they are. (laughs) So, and you don't have to, I'm not a fashion plate. As you guys can see, I do not know anything. I know zero about couture, but to your point, Bruce and Eric, this is worth watching. This is, it's a beautiful movie to look at. Just looking at all the beautiful dresses and outfits that are made. It's, it's a feast for the eyes yeah and And it's more it's more energetic and the camera movements are more fun and interesting than they need to be for this movie and i appreciated that as well even though some of the transitions are digital it's still done in a really interesting way where you'll have things like an overhead shot going across the street and then down and then through a skylight and down into the building i mean it's kind of like disney's version of scorsese right going all the way down and there's a great scene where early on she gets her job at the new um, fashion place right and that's not spoiling anything and you go through the skylight you go down you go through the entire building all the way down to the bottom floor and then you find her cleaning a toilet in the basement basically yeah and it's like they did not have to do the shot that way and that is great world building fun energetic really great production i mean i I have to say it's a solid movie it's a good movie (laughs) Yeah, do you think Eric Holmes will like this movie, Cruella? I don't know, man. He's his foot is planted pretty hard, and I, I and I could say that uh, <laughs> this is definitely not going to be for everybody. I, I would say here's the example. So if you like punk, but you can never listen to any pop punk ever, then this probably wouldn't be for you. But I can free myself up to be like, you know what? This is a pop song. I like it. This is a pop song movie, and it's yeah. okay. It's all right to bring a pop song movie. It does it yeah. well. Yeah, you know, you know, I I like fizzy drinks. I like fizzy drinks. I'm okay with that. Eric Holmes, you like fizzy drinks? Oh, yeah. oh you have a you have a, okay, you have a you have a fizzy drink. Well, do you do you have a rewind, Eric Holmes? After after these two, you have, I you, do. have you have a big one that Bruce Perky covered last week. Well, real quick with the Cruella, yeah, I, I'm hearing everywhere that this, and I feel I I know I know this is paranoia setting in. I know this, but I just have to say it out loud so you can know what's going on in my head. I think you all are lying to me to try to <laughs> trick me and watch Cruella. And I'm going to come back and go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> okay. You remember how a few years ago, everyone was talking about Paddington 2 and Paddington. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. And everyone was like, what? Yeah. And it was a great movie. This is kind of like that. Like, Okay. Well, you, see, I, I saw I saw one of the Paddingtons and I thought it was fine. Yeah. And, but although all those movies are kind of the same to me, like I don't get yeah, the yeah. I don't understand what makes, I don't know, uh, Over the Hedge, a terrible movie and Paddington, a great movie like that. They're both the same to me. To okay. me, at least Cruella is at least a fine movie. Yeah. I don't think you're going to think it sucks. And I could yeah. think that there's some other movies that we talked about. You mean like, no, how did you like that? I don't think this is one of those. How did you like that kind of movies? I could yeah. see it being like, it's just fine to me. But I also think if you go in with an open mind, it could be a better than fine movie for you. Yeah. And it might be, I, I think for Cruella, this is going to be one of those, like if the kids have it on, I'll watch yeah. it with them, but I'm yeah. probably not going to seek it out or maybe, or, 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 or if you can get or, one of them to pay your way to go see it. <laughs> 
See, there, there I got go. this down, man. Well, this is a program. It's like May, folks. May, you gonna buy my ticket for me? Yeah, cool. I'm gonna go in one of these other theaters. Uh, you know, folks. Bad news. Program change for Saturday. We were supposed to record the Strickland podcast with In Fabric and the Duke of Burgundy, where Bruce and I were making a change. We're doing a deep dive on Cruella spoilers, <laughs> and we're gonna look at. We're also going to do 101 Dalmatians. So, folks, All right. that's just in special. Yep, there it <laughs> is. There it is. Eric Holmes, I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna actually close the door right now. Can you tell us about this very silent movie that you watched over the weekend? And I'll be right back. Yes. Uh, so I went uh, to the uh, theater the other day to watch A Quiet Place 2, which might be... Okay, I, I, I have to preface this. <laughs> and I posted... I, I made a meme and posted this on uh, on uh, the Cinematics Facebook page. The, there's a saying that you can have a great script and make a bad movie out of it, but you can't make a great... You can't make a good movie out of a bad script. Quiet Place kind of did that. Quiet really? Place 2 absolutely did that. This script is dog shit. Okay. But somehow... What somehow really? some way i didn't care okay. like uh, i i think and i could be wrong i think john krasinski is just that good of a director he can take like look uh so quiet place one had a bunch of like uh, we talked about like eye rolling moments like and if this were any other movie i would just i would just write this off but they had the two the two main screenwriters and then john krasinski was also credited as a screenwriter I figure since he's directing it, maybe he's like, oh, don't say go go there, say go here, you know, like maybe change a word or two here and there, or uh, probably a little more than that, because arbitration and screenwriting works like you can't just add a word and then all of a sudden you're a writer for a movie. But Quiet Place had some ridiculous uh, plot elements to it from someone that clearly doesn't understand how physics works. And I'm just talking basic physics. But I, you know, it was still fun and it was still thrilling, and I just didn't care. And now you have Quiet Place Two, which John Krasinski is the sole screenwriter on it, and there's even more stupid things in this. <laughs> like, just it almost feels like the aliens of this movie wrote this movie because it, it like some some of the stuff that that happens in it is just mind boggling. The boy, the boy does some really stupid shit. Dude, the I I wanted him dead. <laughs> Like I, I wanted him dead the entire time, or dispatch. We'll say dispatch. Dispatched, okay. I, I don't want to set the stakes for this podcast quite yet. Yeah. But uh, if I describe this movie to myself, I would say that sounds like a piece of shit, and I'm not watching it. But it works, and I don't, I don't get it. John Krasinski must be a genius because that that script and just the stuff that happens in the the stuff people say, the stupid things they do. Uh, the movie's broken. It, it ends. The Quiet Place One ends. They know how to kill the things, and then they have the flash. Well, first of all, okay. So the the flashback scene where it opens is awesome. I fucking love that part. And then the way you see the the aliens come in right there. If I'm there, I'm shit my pants. I'm like, nope, I'm out. And everyone's just walking away. Like, I guess okay. I guess I'll see it. Or <laughs> it's like. But uh, then the rest of the movie happens, and it's just one dumb thing after another th- dumb thing happening. So back to back to the beginning. You can have a good script and make a bad movie, but you can't make a you can't make a good movie out of a bad script. John Krasinski proved that wrong. The script is stupid. It's poorly written in many parts, or at least uh, according to the according to what happens in the movie. But it just works. 
And I think John Krasinski may, I, I would not, I would not hire him to write anything ever. I would totally hire him to direct anything because he's proven that he can polish a turd and make it look like a diamond because that this movie totally works and it should not work. I, I cannot wrap my brain around why I love this movie so much. I think the, the set pieces are really solid. The editing is really good and the acting is really good. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, and I mean, you've seen like, if you could have the same scene acted poorly and acted well, an actor can go a long way and also into selling some pretty crappy stuff. So I think that's kind of the, the, the secret of this movie, but it really, the set pieces are just solid. You could yeah. take them and plop them into any movie and they'd still be really solid, tense set pieces, you know? Yeah. And, uh, oh, so it's, yeah, Sully Murphy's, uh, who's the, uh, the deaf girl? Oh, oh I don't write down anymore. Melissa Simmons or something? Yeah. yeah. She's, she's fantastic in this. In fact, she's got a couple, she's got a couple scenes where, I mean, her, her, uh, her, uh, you know, dialogue is mostly quiet. Even like when she's talking, it's like just moving lips. But, uh, yeah, she's, she's fantastic in this. The guy that plays her brother, he's not a bad actor. I'm not going to say that, but his character, Oh, I want to choke the <laughs> shit out of his character. I'm like, I hope those monsters get you. All right. So that is A Quiet Place Part 2. And listeners, Eric is very good with kids. Okay. So don't ever about him. He's, I am. Loves, I he's, am. He's, he's a great <laughs> uncle. Don't don't throw don't throw a cease and desist on us. He's a good, good guy. And he's a very good guy. He's going to put a bell around that kid's neck and send him out <laughs> to go find some aliens. <laughs> what is it called? A, quiet, a Quieter Place or Quiet Place Part 2? I haven't seen either movie. So one of these days I'm going to see it. One of the reasons why I haven't seen it is because everyone loves a movie. So when everyone says they love a movie, I usually just make a left eventually i'll probably bruce i eventually have to see this right this is just like really Eh. high level okay this is this is entertainment this is one of those movies it's on tv you drop in you totally have a good time with it uh you don't have to like think too hard i think this is one of those though that if you at all want to watch it if you have any desire the theater is a way to go with this one for the exact same reason that you would watch the first one in a theater i think if i would have watched this at home i might not have been as enthralled in fact, I probably would have been throwing stuff at my TV and just storm out. The- <laughs> All right. So that that is it. That is sequel. I guess sometimes sequels really work. And even if they have a bad script, John Krasinski, yeah. like you said, he's he's quite the director. I, so- I, I think he's a damn genius. He has to be. There's no other way. There's no other way around it. Okay, but Bruce and actually Eric, Bruce and Eric actually have a movie that they've both seen and that they're I think both of them are going to recommend. But before we get to that, let's just talk very some quick recommends or not recommends. First off, Bruce, Bo Burnham, Inside, everyone on our Cinematics Facebook group all again, everyone is praising the heck out of this movie. I haven't even seen I haven't consumed any of Bur- Bo Burnham's any of his stuff or I haven't even seen I, I think 8th grade, haven't seen any of his stuff, but is this brilliant inside? I think it is. Um, uh, and once again, I'll just preface it by saying I, I don't have to talk too much about it because everyone's it's pretty buzzy right now. Easy to access. It's on Netflix. First of all, I would just say I'm not a stand up special kind of guy. I'm not a big stand up comedy kind of guy. I'm not a, a stand up musical comedy kind of guy. And that's kind of he's kind of intellectual musical comedy. That's kind of his shtick. I did like eighth grade a fair amount it was pretty pretty solid uh, coming of age drama comedy drama awkward movie but inside is definitely a worthwhile watch i'll just quickly give you the basic concept if you haven't heard already is that he essentially is, is you know stuck in quarantine last year like everybody and he has a, a room it looks like it might be like a mother-in-law 
you know, house behind the house, like a small little one room building. And it's just full of electronic equipment, lighting, recording equipment, keyboards, stuff like that. And he just decides he's going to make his special in quarantine himself. And it's essentially that. So it's the, every month or so he's coming up with a new song or a new bit, lighting, everything to go with it. And then interstitially, he's kind of dealing with life in quarantine. Um, and it also is very, very strongly aimed at kind of internet culture, internet life, what it's like right now in the digital kind of world. And he gets pretty depressed too throughout it. So his hair grows long, his beard grows long, everything happens in it that you might think would happen into it. So I would say, what I would say as, as a person, if you're already into that kind of thing or into stand-up comedy or into Bo Burnham, it's a no-brainer. If you aren't kind of like me, give it a shot and give it more than three songs. I would say two or three songs. And if you're not in at that point, go ahead and tap out. But if you give it two or three songs, you'll know the feel of it and it probably will suck you in. This is on an X. Ex- is an excellent, is a strong recommendation for you? Yeah, yeah. This is really good stuff. I mean, yeah, for sure. Okay. Have you seen Bo Burnham Inside, Eric? Have you seen that yet? Are you going Ooh. to see it? Are you a fan of his stuff or? Um, I I like him. I haven't watched much of his stand up. Actually, I don't think I've seen any of his stand up, but okay. I, I I believe uh, Andrew Martin gave it a high mark. So I mean, Martin? I, honestly, if Andrew Martin tells me to watch Cruella, I'm gonna have to watch Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew Martin, ground control to Andrew Martin, please. <laughs> Tell Eric Holmes to watch Cruella if you want Eric Holmes to have a really horrible weekend. Have watched Cruella immediately. Then I don't have to take the the burn for it. <laughs> Speaking of you, Eric Holmes, you have a little bit of a recommendation, or maybe not. Where's can you tell us the preface of why you wanted to really just briefly talk about this film called Hard Kill? Yeah, so uh, there was a uh, Joe Russo, um, not not from the Marvel, but uh, I, I reviewed a movie called All Pair Nightmare. And yeah. then he he commented on the uh, the the Twitter thing like this yeah. week, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh that that's cool, and he was pretty happy with the, with the review, and yeah, so, yeah. and so I was like I was like, and and then I went back and listened to the episode again, and you mentioned Hard Kill, and I was like, oh fuck, that's right, I gotta go watch that, and I mentioned that on the Twitter, and he was like, uh, <laughs> might no one. Yeah, I was like, hey, you know what, fuck it. And and my thought on it was, you know, dude, you know, you, you made a movie, which is more more than any of us has done. And it, you know, worst case scenario, it's it's not, you know, it doesn't work. And th- this movie absolutely doesn't work. But the weird can thing I say is, this though? Can I say this? I do you listen to the episode? You you listen to yeah, me actually yeah. actually giving the movie quarter sort of a thumbs up, yeah. right? Yeah. Hey, hey, here's the here's the thing though. This movie should be in my wheelhouse. Like, yes, like, yes. The, 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 and, and so, so you have the screenwriters, Joe Russo and Chris Lamont. Um, hold on, let me pull it up. Yeah, Chris Lamont. And they, they both worked on All Pair Nightmare. And so I know that they have the, I know that they understand the genre. What the hell are they screaming at? That's the director of Hard uh, Kill they, they, <laughs> knocking on your door right now. There are some beautiful visual compositions well, in Hard Kill, man. I remember well, Clock so, Tower by the Attic thing? That was really well, cool. So he, he, here's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I'm in, I, I don't know if uh, if uh, Joe Russo is listening to this, but I would like to know what went wrong. Because I, I this movie feels like there's a disconnect between the writer and the director. It feels like it feels like someone's trying to make like a, a you know, a silly, fun action movie. And someone's trying to do like a deep message. And the the what this movie 
what this movie needs to be has to be one or the other and it's it's not quite it's not quite gelling here and so i kind of I'd, I'd really like to know like what went wrong so as much as all parent nightmare won't be for everyone joe russo wrote it and directed it and he completely understands the genre he was in I wonder what Hard Kill would be like had Mark es- Matt Escandari. Matt Escandari. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Escandari. Had Matt Escandari not been the director and Joe Russo was the director, I'm wondering if this movie would have worked a lot as as well as as uh, All Pair Nightmare did. And the well, first of all, Bruce Willis is in this movie, and I'm guessing that's probably to this movie's detriment because Bruce Willis was. I could be wrong; he didn't show up. But oh wow! But well. <laughs> Jesse Metcalf? I thought it was fine. Jesse Metcalf I liked, but I would have loved who I loved in this. Uh yeah. Natalie Eva Marie, who I found okay. out later is a wrestler. She's got like five lines in this and she sells every one of them. I was like, Je- Jesse Metcalf's pretty good in this, but they should have switched her and uh Natalie Eva Marie. And Natalie Eva Marie should have been the star of this movie. She was fucking fantastic in this. And then I started thinking, I was like, you know what? If I had a, if I had like millions of dollars to just throw at people to make money, I would throw, I would throw Joe Russo, like say twenty million dollars, and say I want you to write a silly action movie. You know, the the, the overcomplicated plot, you know, the, the the Scott Atkins type movie that that we all love, the the Michael Dudikoff movies that we all love. I want you to make that movie, but I wanted to start Natalie, uh, Eva Marie, and Tig Notaro. <laughs> with either with either scott atkins or if you can find him shokusugi as the main bad guy okay. i if i had 20 million dollars i would i would give them that because that there's there's a cool movie here there was just something that broke up and i don't know what it is but th- this should have absolutely been the movie i love and there was some good stuff in it for sure especially natalie eva marie but it, it just it, it didn't quite work and i think it might have had to do with the director or the maybe uh, the director not quite understanding the movie he was making. Maybe Bruce, per- Bruce Perky, are you marking this down on our podcast? This is the time that 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 actually uh, Eric Holmes started Breaking Bad and he, he turned from a podcaster slash director to an actual producer. Can, can you yeah, mark think, this? Can you time? Yeah, stamp this I think part? this is the day, man. As soon <laughs> the empire begins. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna call this production company hmm. yeah what are you gonna call your production company Eric? home uh-huh. sweet homes <laughs> that, yeah that'd be terrible but sure why not <laughs> i call it kill hard kill, kill hard. hard but uh i i, I do want to say this that is a good pitch by like, the way. because this is the second time we brought up joe russo and okay. i always have to i always have to caveat that we're not talking about the mcu and i'm i'm honestly right. not that big of a fan of the mcu movies so from here on out uh, oh, if okay. i ever if joe russo uh all pair nightmare joe russo makes another movie i first of all if he di- writes and directs a movie i'm watching it 100 percent of the time but from here on out he will be henceforth known as the good joe russo <laughs> by, by the way is there a, is there a lawsuit in hand, Eric Holmes, if Joe Russo actually takes your idea and run and has Natalie Eva Marie actually know. Nope. So nope. You're, you're cool. I want to, I just want to see it. Okay. I, I just want to, I just want to see that come to fruition and throwing that out there. Maybe it'll happen. Probably not. You know, that, that's how these things work, but you, you never know when you do podcasts, sometimes you throw things out and then see what sticks. And I, I would love to see him uh, do something with her and Tignataro. And Shokosugi and or Scott Atkins. 
That is very cool. That is very cool, Eric Holmes. That is a very good pitch. What do you think of the pitch, Bruce? Like it? I think it sounds really good. I, I'm ready for it. Let's do oh. this. You know what I wasn't ready for, Bruce Perky? Sometimes, listeners, sometimes during the week, when after we're done recording the show, and then there's like another movie coming out, within like about several hours, Bruce Perky is already on the freaking horn watching movies <laughs> and getting ready for next week. He, he literally paralyzes me up until he makes me actually procrastinate even more because he intimidates me with his early watchings one of those early watchings that bruce perky just laid down the gauntlet after we recorded last week's podcast was he wanted to tell me and eric holmes this interesting movie called caveat and bruce i would love to hear what you think of this movie should i see it i know eric holmes you're gonna jump jump in on this review as well actually actually no a bit before you said that i wrote caveat in the movies i've seen I meant to write uh, the, the, the. You meant censor. Oh, I you meant censor. I meant to write censor. I wrote caveat. So okay. I did not see this, but I will be rewinding it next week. Okay. 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 Cool. Lord Eric's had had his own personal caveat <laughs> regarding caveat. Bruce Berg, you take it away with caveat. So, caveat. I, I'm almost tempted to not tell you too much, but I, I'm going to tell you enough that it'll either draw you in or it won't draw you in. And, and this is one of those little movies. It's on Shutter, by the way. Brand new movie directed by Damian McCarthy. This is a movie where it sucked me in with the concept. And it's always hard sometimes to pay off a concept. And whether this pays off or not for some people will definitely vary. But like any horror movie, it's, there's a level of taste and and what you like. But that being said, basic concept is this guy named Isaac comes to this uh, man named, oh, I got it. I think I got it wrong. Okay. Isaac, I believe is the main guy. I might've written it down wrong. But so this man comes up to this other guy and says, hey, I need you to do a job for me. And it sounds like they've had a relationship before. And the guy, the, the guy's, you know, Isaac's like, okay, well, what's the job? He says, well, my brother recently passed away. He actually committed suicide. He passed away recently. His daughter, Olga, is suffering from some real emotional issues. And she keeps going back to where they used to live and she won't leave. And I need somebody to be there with her to make sure she stays safe. And I'll pay you $200 a day only for like three or four days. It'll be good. $200 a day. And that's all you got to do is just, just make sure she stays safe and just hang out with her there at the house. And that's the setup. And he's like, well, sounds kind of weird, but sure. So they drive off to go to the house and they come to the edge of the water and he goes, well, where's the house? What's well, across there on the island? Wait, you didn't tell me it was an island. No, it's an island. Sorry, it's on an island. <laughs> so that's the second weird thing that happens. And they get to the house and he says, well, she's a little paranoid. She doesn't want anyone coming in a room at night or anything. So you're gonna have to wear this harness with a chain on it. And the chain will only reach to certain areas of the house. So you're gonna be able to reach some areas of the house. You're gonna be locked in this harness with a chain and you're not gonna be able to get to her room and you're not gonna be able to get to other areas of the house. And that's the setup for the movie. And that's how it begins. I really enjoyed this movie. I I know some of our uh, fellow cinematics group people have been mixed on it. I think it has a really, really creepy, interesting set design. The tone is really odd and really, uh, all that stuff I mentioned to you, by the way, happens like the first 10 minutes. This is not a very long movie either. So you don't have to wait 45 minutes to get to that point. It's got lots of twists and turns. I think it operates to me almost like an indie horror horror video game because by the end of this movie you have crept every crevice and hidden passageway and place in this little cabin house you you know it in and out and the final 20 minutes there's a sequence in there that is one of the most hair-raising creepy sequences i've seen in a long 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 time it's really really good and it's not a jump scare it's a 
it's just dread. I, I think Caveat's really good if you're a horror fan into indie horror and weird, just a weird movie with interesting concepts. I think this is this is worth checking out. Better than Censor? Different. It's really different than Censor. I think Censor has a little more of a, a wham-bam blow your mind ending whereas this one is more continually creeping dread and twists and turns so i think this is this is more acts more like a haunted almost it it affects you in the way more like a haunted house kind of movie would even though it's not necessarily a haunting that's going on here it has more of that effect than the the kind of mind-bending effects of sensor so i think depending on your taste you'd like one or the other better it could go either way I've been reading reviews on Caveat on IMDb, which is interesting. Maybe there's been a couple out of scale of one to 10. There's been a couple of five and sixes, a bunch of nines and tens and a bunch of ones and twos and threes. Yeah. That's so these are the type of movies I really love because you're either going to probably really dislike it or going to really love it. I love with movies when there's sometimes there's really no in between. This is a give it 20 minutes kind of movie. And if you're not in... Uh-huh. If you're not in in 20 minutes, you probably won't like it. But if you're in in 20 minutes, just fall, stay on the ride and, and see where it goes. I'm going to check out Caveat and we'll, we'll maybe fully flesh out that full review. Not like you didn't do it, Bruce, but you're going to, you're <laughs> going to, we're going to have a couple of cowboys coming in next week for some caveats, right? Eric Holmes, you can do yes. some caveats. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Are we going to love it, Bruce? Well, with one caveat. Oh, okay. Okay. Are we going to love it, Bruce? Are we, we going to say this is like as good I, as Relic and all that stuff? Or are we going to, mm, go I don't it? think it's quite as good as Relic. It doesn't have the emotional impact of something of relic i think relic was a pretty outstanding movie overall this movie i think i don't think either of you would hate it and i think there's a good chance that one of you might really dig it i can Mm. see eric going either way on it i think if it captures him eric will really dig it because this is definitely a unique movie and it definitely doesn't do the standard jump scary conjuring kind of stuff this is its own animal it's very unique. Okay, so that is caveat. It's currently streaming as we, uh, Bruce, and in Shutter, right on Shutter, mm-hmm. as we speak. And I forgot to ask you, Eric Holmes, the ending of Censor. I forgot to ask Bruce, and I both loved it. Did you like the ending of Censor? Without giving too much away, were you? Did you? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh. I, I. It just took me a second because I got that confused with the Saint Maud ending, which okay. is also a good ending. Okay, <laughs> also good ending. You know, Bruce, better ending Saint Maud or Censor? Which is the better ending? Which, or, or, or is it hard to compare because they're both excellent endings? You know, I really love St. Maud, but I almost think I like Censor better because I think Ooh. it's a little more horrifying. A little more I think what, the, what is actually going on at the end of Censor is pretty damn horrifying. <laughs> so. It is, but St. Maud, like there's that yeah. literally, literally the last five frames of that yeah. movie. St. Like, Maud is more of a gut punch. Oh, okay. It is, but man. Is it's it, a, yeah. It's like it's literally the last five frames of St. Maud's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's audacious as fuck. It's yeah. Listeners be very scared about Bruce Perky because he's basically saying the more horrifying a movie is, the more he <laughs> loves it. I am currently, I cannot, I will not look Bruce Perky straight in straight dead in the eye for the rest of the episode. I am absolutely terrified. So <laughs> that is our review of, Ka- oh no, Bruce, stop it. Ah, okay, they're very good. So that is Caveat and that is it. We're going to finish the show with Bruce Perky's What's in the Box. This is going to be an interesting selection I, I i we're gonna also drop right now as we speak some really a really cool intro segment by who bruce perky mr pete abeta from the middle class film class and thank you peter beta and the crew the middle class film class crew here is peter beta's really awesome drop recording what's in the box who's in the box oh what's in the box you lie no 
fucking box. We're back. We don't like silences. That's why you heard a little little laugh, little little uh, remark from, I think, Bruce or, or Eric. Again, I, I don't know if it's Bruce because I'm still not even looking at him right now. I don't know if I even want to look at either of you guys after this. Rec- what is this recommendation, Bruce? Can you tell us what is this? Ur- what is Irma? Who, Irma La who? What? What is this? <laughs> Irma La Deuce, 1963, Billy Wilder, suggested by Brian O'Connell. Who always brings the interesting suggestions? So. Yeah, what was his last suggestion? Oh, rudderless. Recently, he did rudderless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I am a I, I am a no. rudderless person. I felt like I was the only I was the only one on the boat trying to say I really enjoyed <laughs> rudderless, but unfortunately, my boat sank because both Eric and Bruce really did not like rudderless to say the least i think their only favorite part of that movie was seeing selena selena gomez's performance in that film that was a joke that the ghost of exhibition <laughs> so, what were we saying eric i'm sorry i'm just saying with rudderless the the music i like the music the uh the other stuff was a little too ridiculous for me ridiculous now was speaking of ridiculous Irma deuce bruce perky how was this as a, a choice was this better than Rudderless? It's the movie's like two hours and 15 minutes or two hours and 20 minutes. That already scared me. Anything over 80 minutes scares the living, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm always interested to go back in older movies that I haven't seen. And, and I think I'd mentioned last week that I thought this had some connection to when I was a little, little kid and my dad. And I actually asked him ahead of time and I can tell you what he said. He said that um, he was in Myrtle Lane Drive in Coquille, Oregon in the summer of 65 and or 66 while i was a little baby and they were trying to watch it and they were about halfway through and i was crying so much that they couldn't finish it and apparently he's never finished it <laughs> so <laughs> the last 50 whatever years he has not finished the movie so i have finished the movie he has not cried during this viewing bruce perky was that an cry omen? this is a comedy it's not really a it's not really an emotional movie especially I was thinking maybe you were crying because Irma deuce was not Sunset Boulevard or Stalag 17. <laughs> well, I guess he'd be some more like comparable hot. to like, I guess, seven or not seven year itch, but maybe some like it hot. I think it's kind of trying to go for more of that kind of uh, little slapstick, little over the top comedy. But uh, yeah, we should talk about it. So what is Irma LaDuce? Yeah, I can a perfect do perfect movie. Oh, a perfect, <laughs> oh, go oh, yeah. on, go on. Uh, you know, I'll do a, I'll do a plot summary because you're going to, you're going to sure. fill in the, you're going to put the it. meat on the bone. Okay. So, so essentially Jack Lemon, he plays a policeman. Okay. He plays a policeman named Nestor Patu, Pato. And what happens is it's the beginning of the movie. He he, he actually stumbles upon this uh, red light district in, in Paris. It's his first day on the job as a cop. And unfortunately, he's trying to do his best. And he sees all these prostitutes along this along the street. A lot of people doing shady business. And he tries to bring all the prostitutes in, including Irma, Irma LaDuce. Irma is played by Shirley MacLaine. She is one of the streetwalkers, one of the ladies of the evening. And yeah, she's one of the prostitutes in this movie and he brings her in along with the other girls and what happens is well it's a very corrupt city it's a corrupt time by doing the lawful thing what happens is Nestor eventually is laid off on his first day of the job that's not a spoiler that's a premise of Irma Deuce and the rest of the movie deals with Nestor's eventual eventual relationship with Irma Deuce who is a prostitute there is a push and pull because they're both in love with each other but we're living in a time and place in Paris in 1963 where he's he ends up being her pimp but when the the pimps on this area they're not they're actually the lovers of the prostitutes the prostitutes are the ones who actually literally not literally they they proverbially bring home the bacon they're the ones who are supporting all the men who spend their days at the local bar playing pool and just shooting the the, the proverbial you know what so all the, the hardest women working people on the street are the women 
are the prostitutes. And what happens is this former cop played by Jack Lemmon, he wants to actually turn the tide and he wants Ermine Leduce all for himself. So he decides to, to disguise himself as this very rich British aristocrat named Lord X, which leads into Lord Eric's. Eric Holmes's moniker for this episode, Lord Eric's. This one is actually Jack Lemon, the great Jack Lemon, playing Lord X as the aristocrat. He pretends to to be Lord X to romance or actually just pay for Ermila Deuce so Ermila Deuce doesn't have to see any other Johns. That is a premise behind Ermila Deuce. Again, it's over two hours, I believe two hours and tw- yeah, it says here two hours and 27 minutes. I should have been stuttering immediately just by looking at the <laughs> running time. Oh my goodness. Oh, last, lastly, it is co-written by Billy Wilder and his long co-writing partner. I, I believe it's IAL Diamond. It's based on a play by Alexander Breffert. We're going to lead with you, Bruce. It's your segment. Your thoughts on Irma Deuce. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I think that a great way to think about this movie to know if it's going to be your style or not is it really has the feel and look and kind of spirit of those classic Hollywood musicals. It feels like a Hollywood musical. It's got the staginess. It's got the, the the broad characters. It's got that energy, kind of the somewhat silly broad comedy, but no songs. Well, other than there's music in there a little bit, but there's not like the songs that you get. In it like was supposed a, to be a musical and they took out the music on it, which is weird. Uh, well, that makes it sense. It was supposed then. to be a musical. And I think they were saying that maybe there might be some kind of lost footage of McLean and Lemon. I, oh. I haven't dug deep within Irma Deuce, but it was originally envisioned as a mu- musical. And Billy Wilder said, no, let's just go exactly like Bruce yeah. thing, as a straight narrative. Well, I definitely picked up on that, I guess, because that felt like that. But so that could be a selling point or not a selling point for some people. For the people who kind of like the style and feel of those Technicolor Hollywood stage bound kind of productions, but want the music, you might feel it's missing because it's just the comedy that's going on. For me, I, I don't always need that music. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. If you can get into the comedy and get into kind of the broad nature of it, I think you can have a lot of fun here. To me, there are some really, really fun characters. I mean, we already talked about Jack Lemon basically plays two characters. For me, that's pretty great. Shirley MacLaine, I think just steals everything she does in this movie she's you can see and i don't think this is her first i mean she was in the apartment and some other stuff before this i think but you can see why she was a star i mean she shines uh, she has an insane comic timing and she is just luminous and she's beautiful and she is charming everything you'd expect and she's kind of hard-edged with him too she's she's kind of no nonsense which you might want from that character as well and then also there's the character of the bartender who's really fun in this movie too because they there's basically two main locations is kind of her apartment and also the hotel and then across the street there's this cafe bar kind of place and mustache we were talking about earlier mustache has always got a story oh yes i used to be the whatever he'll say like i used to be the head surgeon at whatever but that's a story for another time you know or whatever and he does that like throughout the movie and he's a lot of fun as well i i think that if you get into the vibe of this movie it's a ton of fun i don't think it feels really long because there's there's at least two or three big segments in this movie that each have their own kind of arc and by having the whole extra character that jack lemon plays it adds a whole other level of fun i think to this movie i enjoyed it quite a bit i can see it not being for everybody but if you like that kind of older style you could do a lot worse than irma laduce it was fun so that is a solid recommend from bruce perky eric yep. holmes your your take on irma laduce chime in i already said it was a perfect movie and i stand by that this whoa I, what what perfect so, movie wow so we, we talk about like a, a long movies and yeah. them overseeing their welcome TV shows, you know, it, what do you, but, but this is two and a half hours long and 
it it earns it, the runtime because like bruce said this thing just moves like if i checked the time you know i was thinking what are we like 10 minutes in i look oh we're an hour into this thing. <laughs> holy crap because that what it does is like every scene is kind of like its own short its own short film because it, it sets everything up it's completely interesting and everything pays off in wonderful ways and then even later on in the movies like they'll bring back certain things that they paid off in earlier scenes and they'll often say that uh you know the, they'll talk about character versus plot in in screenwriting or just movie making in general this is a great example that does both extremely well the the plot just moves but you know the way the setups are uh it almost feels kind of like like a three stooges kind of routine at times um the well okay the part where uh jack lemon breaks out of jail and they're looking in the apartment <laughs> for him that's one of the most brilliant things i've ever seen this <laughs> is hilarious that yeah the whole set the whole subplot with uh, lord x and then how that plays out they have a whole murder plot of a character that doesn't exist <laughs> And then, and just, yeah, I love everything about this movie. I love all the characters. The characters are like, even the minor characters have a lot of color to them. The, you know, the prostitutes, like, like they'll have a line, but, but it's like, okay, I know who this person is. And it's not, oh, you're a prostitute. It's like, you kind of, you kind of, I feel everyone's well-rounded, even if, even the characters just have like a a single line. And then the, the characters are kind of arch still have a little more to them yeah i I just i love this movie it's fantastic absolute recommend if you don't like it then you're wrong (laughs) i might be wrong folks i'm i still have about 29 29 minutes left on this movie i so far my initial impression is the last 35 minutes have been a slog for me it's been tough for me it's been a marathon yeah i know you thought i would have yeah no i i thought you were gonna fucking love the shit out of this yeah yeah i thought i was gonna love the effing you know what out of this i you know i will say a couple things about this movie though one of the these things that makes this one of the excellent parts about ermola deuce is bruce you're mentioning this the production design you feel there are only several locations, like you were saying, but you the way the sets, it, you feel like it's actually set in a movie set, the way it looks so cartoonish, right? But you feel that the whole place is lived in. It feels like a lived-in cartoon strip or something like that. It's a mm-hmm. feast. It's a feast for the eyes. Visually, it's gorgeous to like look at. Eric mentioned the word colors. The colors in this movie absolutely pop from the just for, and you said even in the incidental characters, they're their costumes or their dresses, they they pop. They pop just like the visuals of Cruella. So on a surface sheen level, this is just high props to the production design, the costume design, all of that stuff. I just, I just, the whole idea about the whole, the arc about Lord X and pretending, like, <laughs> I know it's, you guys loved it. I, I was still a little bit, I don't know. <laughs> just I, and it's, you know, it, it's one of the, these things. I'm totally like that Jack Lemon character. Maybe I'm looking in the mirror a little bit too much. I'm exactly as neurotic as as Nestor, a.k.a. Lord X in this movie. Maybe I just saw the shock of recognition. Maybe that's why I'm I'm downvoting this movie so far. That said, I still have 29 minutes to go. There's a couple of things that could really save me. But so far, it's very strong as far as the, the production design and the costume design. I just feel that the movie could have been shorter. It just, that said though, Eric, you love the whole world behind this, and you're probably disagreeing with me. I, in I'm counter. You love the world. I, I, I can, 
I considered like shortening, like I, I specifically thought about, well, actually, you know, I kind of thought about shortening it uh, down to maybe an hour and a half. We'll see around there, maybe about 80 minutes or so, but I, I couldn't figure out what to cut. Wow. Because, because the That's way the great. plot, and especially once you get to the end, like how everything ties together, like for me, this movie's everything ties up, everything's satisfying. And the Lord X bit at the end, <laughs> fucking perfect. Okay. But so to, to cut this down, the idea would be, well, what do you cut? And so, because everything in the plot is so, like, even though they kind of, they're kind of their own separate scenes, everything is kind of so intertwined in a brilliant way i think that it's the flavor though if people don't like it it's because yeah. they don't like say that flavor of that broad kind of comedy styling like if you're not into that this is not going to work for you yeah. you know what i mean it's the same way that some people like see an 80s horror movie they say oh it's cheesy because it's got all these like you know mechanical effects and it's just silly so i i think that i went into it going like i'm just going to go with this and see if i like this flow and i enjoyed it quite a bit you know silly things that i can see people hating but like the scene where she's like trying to get lord x to um perform <laughs> and she's doing all these different like fantasy scenes with him and he's laying there in the bed and it's just it's kind of risque in that 60s kind of way mm-hmm. but it's so much fun and there's so many scenes like that i thought that standalone scenes that were just fun but for some people might be just like you said a slog because it's like if it's not working on you then it's yeah it would all oh, another another great scene just uh, just a tie in like you know drive the point home of how everything pays off in this the hat and the money the or the money mm-hmm. and the hat so they they have the the cop show he takes his hat off and then you notice it don't notice it right away but after someone says something everyone's looking the other way and you do know that no one's looking at the hat that's sitting there that the people are walking by dropping money in and then the cop turns around puts it on his head and just walks off and then jack lemon does that same thing not not knowing what's going on he just takes his hat down and sets it down everyone thinks oh it's time to pay the cop we're gonna throw the money in there he puts a hat on and that doesn't pay off for like another what half hour 40 yeah. minutes <laughs> but it, it, it uh, this movie yeah. i think is really smart except once again if you don't like the tone it might not work for you but this movie does things almost in the way that scorsese does things like yeah. it sets a world it gives you the rules it show it walks you through it so you really understand how everything works and then it it once it does that, it lets your characters interact in that world. And I think that it does it really, really well. Like you said, um, like you know what the hat means. When you see the hat, you know that. And then later on, there's always little like just little things like the like the seltzer bottle. Yeah, the seltzer <laughs> bottle is very funny. That's a very good gag. Very but it becomes a, like an ongoing thing. Or there's this lamp, there's this lamp above the pool table that spins. That gets utilized multiple times in the movie. There's there's lots of things about just the sets themselves that become ongoing parts of the story. You know, the stuff that they hang in front of her window so you can't see into it. You know, <laughs> a lot of little things like that that are like like Eric says, that that pay off if you're already in that world and, and buying it. So I'm really curious, Greg, if you finish this, I really want to know what you think of that Lord okay. X gag at the very end. Okay, well, <laughs> because you know what? either A, you're going to be like, wow, that was great, or B, you're going to be like, this is going to be I'm out of here. Okay, no, well, so far, I mean, I, the jury's still out, so I still have a, about those 29 minutes. I'll probably finish this out right after the recording, or maybe I, I might not finish it because maybe Bruce will text us and say he's actually watching a new movie for next week <laughs> and really intimidate the heck out of me. No, look, here, here's the thing. This is a little bit sad, okay, but a movie fact regarding Irma Deuce. 
Bruce Yarnell. He's an actor who played, he's playing Hippo or Hippolyte or Hippo, just called Hippo. He's the first boyfriend or pimp of Irma's, okay? And he's in the beginning of the movie. Another, this is one of the scene. This is actually the scene I really love. Eventually, this guy, let's just call him Hippo, played by Bruce, Bruce Yarnell. Hippo gets into it, gets into a fight with Nestor, played by Jack Lemmon. And this fight, this knockdown, drag down fight is so well done. I really, I think it's just even worth watching just for that fight. Okay. Regarding Bruce Yarnell, he was an, a Hollywood actor, but basically he's also mainly known for his work in musical theater. He had a really good voice. In 1973, at the age of 37, he died from a plane crash. He was uh, he was dry. He was uh, piloting a plane, crashed, died way too young at the age of uh, 37 in 1973. That is Bruce Yarnell. He's very good in this movie as well. He's one of the incidental characters that Eric Holmes was alluding to with Irma LaDuce. Any final thoughts regarding Irma LaDuce? One, one final thought. I looked up the bridge that they show towards the end of this movie. And I then I looked at the map of Paris and I figured out it's about four or five bridges away from the Pont Neuf Bridge, which is <laughs> the lovers on the bridge. Oh, so cool. this movie actually takes place not very far from the lovers on the bridge. And that's a, that's a, a, f- a filmmaker that we all really love, especially Bruce loves Leo, Leo or Leo, Leo's Carax. Is mm-hmm. that how you say his name? Lovers on the bridge. And what is his new movie coming out? I think starting next month, what is it called? Annette. 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 Yes. yes. I was trying to wet Eric. I was trying to wet Bruce's appetite and say, Hey, check out this new song or new th- trailer. He refuses to watch any, anything I'm not watching it. it. Nope. Wow. Have you seen anything on a net? Eric Holmes, are you going to watch the trailer? Are you going to watch anything? No, I'm, I, I'm kind of with Bruce on this. Like, cause uh, the, the, so the director of spotlight we did of Leo corrects or Leo's corrects. Yeah. It's, I, I kind of, I didn't really know what to expect going in and I was surprised. So I kind of want to, I think with him, at least I kind of want to maintain that. Okay. I, I just want to see it, see it completely cold. Okay. And that Annette comes out, I don't I think in about several weeks. What happens to me, Bruce, if I don't get us a screening link for Annette? What do you think? You think I'm not doing my job very well? You well do I don't know. It's at, it's at con first, so I don't know how long it's gonna take to get screener links available. So it might be a we're, while. Dude, we're a powerful podcast. You're gonna just pack us into the, to the whole thing. <laughs> well, let's get us some about? damn interviews with Leos then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a holy motor situation with that. We're telling so, us to wait podcast. for the directors. <laughs> This podcast has raw, untamed power. <laughs> we're like, we're like uh, Leos, can you hold? We're talking to the director of Benny Loves You. You're going to have to just hold for a minute here, buddy. No, yeah. by, by the way, <laughs> Benny Loves You. Benny Loves You. So, really worth watching. The gin. Benny Loves You. The gin worth watching. What else is worth watching, Bruce? Come on, Eric, before we get the speed round. Well, PG Psycho Gorman. PG come Psycho Gorman. Now. Okay, Eric Collins. Well, come on, throw it down. Rent-a-Pal. I know Rent-a-Pal. What else? Rent-a-Pal. And you know what? fuck we talked about it earlier today all pair nightmare worth watching all pair nightmare and of course one of, one of eric holmes's favorites what is the one with the uh lose flower of evil yes of course. yes mm-hmm. lose yes. flower of evil lose mm-hmm. flower of evil okay all right guys so that that's it you have oh 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 you're right you're shaking the box is this where is this where i put peter beta's drop i gotta i don't I know it put it in again <laughs> you know what pete I apologize hey. to you, middle class film class. I'm going to play this drop one more time just for the heck of it. Sorry, hey, listeners. I'll do it. AOP. Yes. AOP. Let's get that drop. <laughs> let's drop it, Pete. And I, I apologize again. I know you're a guardian of a tortoise, not a turtle. Go, go for it, Bruce. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie. No. What's in the fucking box?
All right. What do we got? Let's see. <laughs> well, there you go. Now we're getting we're getting art- <laughs> we're getting artistic up in this bitch. Um, okay. <laughs> Andrew Martin is back. Yes. <laughs> he has suggested a movie I have never seen. Very very famous movie. Scenes from a Marriage. By Ingmar Bergman. Scenes from a Marriage. Seventy-three. By Ingmar Bergman. Again, another movie that I am not going to watch with you. Good. Thank you, Bruce, for for taking that bullet for Ingmar Bergman. Eric Holmes was a huge Ingmar Bergman fan. Are you going to watch some of this really interesting Ingmar? By the way, here's here's a it's a it's a horror film. Eric Holmes. It's it's straight up blood and guts and a lot of action. Are you going to watch Scenes from a Marriage? I have a rule that I will watch anything that Andrew Martin tells me to. So I I mean. Granted, he didn't tell me, he told Bruce, but by proxy, I guess I'm going to have to watch that as well. And if he watches Cruella, I'm going to have to watch that too. So, okay. <laughs> See what well, happens. Well, well, Andrew, you know what? I should have the same rule for you, except I, I don't I, I do not do Bergman's or Rainer Maria uh, Fassbender. Fassbender. Or, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's not my, or who do, who did that Minnesota film? The one with the, uh, with the surreal filmmaker who does the. What's that? Oh, oh, what's his name that does uh, did a uh, Goodwill Hunting? That guy? No, no, not Gus Van Zandt. No, the uh, uh, the surreal filmmaker that uh, Vim Vendors. No, not Vim Vendors. You you recently saw that the Winneberg or something Minnesota or something like that. Remember that that really interesting filmmaker? I'm blanking out. Where oh, Winterberg? No, it's, he's like he's not like really. a David Lynch kind of filmmaker. Oh, he, oh, you're talking about you're talking Isabel, about Isabella Rossellini was yeah, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and you, you saw a couple of my uh, my Winnipeg, my Winnipeg, the, the director from my, my Winnipeg. I forgot yes. his name. I'll, I'll look him up right now. Before we go, Eric Holmes, do you have anything to say regard to close out the show? I'm t- is that Guy Madden? Yes, mm-hmm. it. Guy, okay. Very good, Eric Holmes. <laughs> I, I, Eric couldn't Holmes. Think, I couldn't think of anything to say because I was trying to pull that name out of my head. I'm like, oh, let's pull it out of this fucking shriveled <laughs> mess in my, in my soul. Eric Holmes, who would always say, you know, with the inception of like, yeah, movie mainline and find your film that he's horrible with names. He always comes through so once we need him. Thank you. Guy Madden is the man. So that is it. That is it for this week. Any further thoughts, Eric? You want to say anything before you go? Any, any uh, couple things? Check out all, all the movies we talked about. Like even the bad ones are said. There's something good. There's always something good in there. Maybe it might be your cup of tea. Okay. My, my, and uh, my... and Ermela Deuce is a perfect movie. <laughs> is a perfect movie. Uh, my, my personal uh, my personal take is do not listen to what Eric Holmes says. What every single movie that we said on, on this podcast, do not listen to us. Don't watch any of these movies. Invest in crypto.com right now, coinbase.com, Ethereum, and, and crypto is going off. Just just spend your money on crypto. By the way, Bruce, was that a good recommendation for me as a as a movie podcaster? No? No, no. It should be Cruella Coin. You should be doing Cruella Coin. <laughs> Cruella, Cruella Coin. It's starting at one cent right now. It's going, it's going to rocket to the moon. Speaking of rocket it rocketing us to the moon bruce you have the final thoughts this week on find your film i just say don't sleep on corella it's a lot of fun come on you guys have a little fun out there you don't all have to be horrifying and everything i i don't want to talk but corella it's fun okay and that is bruce perky's final thoughts and we are brought to you by eric holmes's future production company kill hard and the first movie that's going to be called is going to start what is it eva what is it eva something marie or something like that from hard kill yeah eva marie and take Nataro and either uh, uh, Shoko Sugi or Scott Atkins. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's just let's, let's just do redo Hard Kill right. It'll be Hard Kill the remake. Hard Kill the remake. There you go, folks. We <laughs> that is so interesting. If if Eric Holmes, if you get a production deal, don't forget the little people like me and Bruce. That is a great pitch. Oh, you guys are going to be in it. 
So, oh, we're gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, the I'll, guy that tells like, don't you kids, don't go into that, don't go towards that lake, you kids, you don't know what's happening. No, so you got, we're gonna put you guys in the in the black suits. You guys are guys in the black suits with the guns, and then uh, Shokosugi and uh, Scott Atkins, or that uh, Eva Marie and Tig Nataro are gonna kick the shit out of, and probably okay. Shokosugi will get mad at one of you for letting them go and then shoot you. Okay. Okay. Well, well I will only do the project if I if I am listed as Shokosugi victim number four. So yes, there you anyway, go. I'm gonna do that. That'd be okay. a great title to have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We thanks so much for listening to us, and we will see you next week on Find Your Film.